Moshon is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's a little swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. The stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 122 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated Buffalo sports podcast covering the Bill Savers Entertainment and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Witty Sports 716 and make sure you check out everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day. The best Bills content out there. YouTube, Facebook, it's a takeover at Built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on? It's a rare condition in off seasons today to take a calf hit from linebackers named Maine. It's a foregone conclusion. From agent rep lawyer that the bills would resign the safety poyer. Well, then there must be some magic way to convert a player's salary because all Josh and Von C is a big load of green. Take care, pits off of the team. Off seasons go by. It's the way to save space during free agency. Matt, good evening. Do a scat, scat man. It kind of is. It's kind of the scat of the piano at the end of that song. Yeah, a little scat action. That's what we all remember. Lyrics are secondary to what we actually remember is the closure on the piano. You're in a very TV theme song mood lately. It's a theme of the You're off Twitter because you're... You get to watch more TV. Yeah, it's off Twitter on TGIF. It's a you ever go back and like watch watch those shows of our youth? Like uh, Boy periodically, World. I would say I've seen things. Well, Boy Meets World is a show not of our youth; it's a show of our life. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. And yes, I that is true. Yes, I have. Do you, Do you think they hold up? I think Boy Meets World holds up. I think Full House does not hold up. Okay, interesting. R.I.P. Danny Tanner. Please, we we know. Bob Saget's finest hour, and it was narrating how I met your mother. Don't beat around the bush. I would say Family yep. Matters is hit or miss. I would say the Urkel aspect of Family Matters is a miss. I would say Ooh. if it's inside the Winslow household, it's a hit. It, it lasts. Okay. You know what's always a hit? You know what holds up extremely well? Dinosaurs. Oh, Talk yeah. Dinosaurs are topical. I know. Oh, yeah. Way ahead of its, it's time. Very, yeah, way ahead of its time. Was warning us <laughs> decades before we were prepared for it. Prehistorically ahead of its time. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. Pre, it was not, not only prehistorically ahead of its time, but boy, if we knew then what we know now about uh, economics, about planetary biology, that's not what it is, but Earth science, I guess. <laughs> Ecosystems and, we, and we biomes, like, connect, and yeah, yeah, eco, yes, exactly, yeah. If we knew how to connect the dots then, like we do now. Oh my gosh, dinosaurs! Oh my gosh, it's a it's a good show. It still holds up today. A lot of TV watching from Tony. Tony, it's the Ides of March. Exciting time. 
Sabres are playing meaningful games in March. The Bills just started free agent frenzy. You're off Twitter. I don't know how you're doing it. Kudos to you. I'm off all social media. Self will. You're off all social media. Even even better. There's um yeah. There's no social media here. Yeah, there's none. You're you're going dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a dry phone. The dry phone. That's what the term should be. Like a dry campus. That's a great. That's a great term. I think we should run with it. I think so too. Sabers right now in overtime. I'm watching the game as we talk. So excuse me if I'm a little distracted. Big game against Real the Capitals. Real professional here. We're talking about sports, Tony. I'm watching sports. How is that not professional? That that's the the Sabers coming into this game. Coming into this game, the Sabers had a 16 percent chance of making the playoffs. The Capitals had an 11 percent chance of making the playoffs. Guess guess the percentage of this podcast going well? Zero. <laughs> I'd rather bank on the 16 percent than the zero. Absolutely. What's going on? Okay, now? Another just call the another game. Another big. It. Just call the game. Should I do play by play? Tage Thompson yeah, shot it I mean. right into the chest, and there's about a minute, a uh, <laughs> minute oh five left here in overtime. Oh my gosh! What if it goes? Um, into what if it goes into shootout? I don't know. We'll, we'll let you know, listeners. And well, when you listen to this, it'll be right well now. over, and I'm sure you'll know. Tony, also prime TV viewing season. I mean, you got season premiere Mandalorian, season finale of Last of Us, season premiere of Ted Lasso. Tony, Today, are you pumped yes. for the new season of Ted Lasso? Well, I did you watch the premiere? I did. I haven't watched the premiere. Mm. How was it? Well, did here's it everything that happened. So it opened. <laughs> don't don't spoil <laughs> uh, it for me. Does it have uh, you more excited for this season or less excited for this season after watching the premiere? I would say less because Ooh. it makes this season seem like senior year. They give the season graduation goggles from the get go. Okay. So in that sense, I, did, I it feels. Did you feel bad, confident where season guess. two left off? Confident let's in what the quality for, of the show. Let's recap for the listeners. Just okay. yeah, just where the show was going, like how you you felt about it from seasons one to two, and moving into season three. Recap for the listeners where we left off in season two. Richmond back in the Premier League. Nate the Great has turned full villain. With his mm-hmm. salt and pepper hair, he's now mm-hmm. coach or the manager, I should say. I should use proper soccer terminology. The manager of West Ham, a rival to Richmond, if you will. And he's, he's the off. gaffer. He's the Darth Vader. Is that the term? He's, he's the gaffer. Yeah, the gaffer. Good. The gaffer, good. Yeah, that is the correct. Good term. British slang, Tony. Look at you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. With your British slang, well done. That's right. And last season. I loved season two. I, I loved how it kind of pivoted away from, I guess, a typical comedy and delve more into the mental aspects of sports and, and personal pressures and things. I thought it was a cool kind of interesting, different take on a traditional sports show or sports movie. So, Tony, how'd you feel about season two? How are you feeling about moving into season three? Give us your Give us your thoughts. Felt good about season two. Really, actually, I would say really liked season two. Really got me on board with the whole with the whole scene in season two. Really believed in it. L- loved every new character. Believe loved drop. every old character. Nice. Yep. Really like what they did uh, with the direction of those characters. Love that he's back in the Premier League. I like that that sets up for future success. The in the way last season started with the dog was oh, Danny a Rojas choice, killing the dog. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it was a bold choice, I thought. But and it took me a little while to kind of 
I guess, accept that they would do something so like seemed like kind of goofy. Um, yeah, a little bit of zany, a little bit of zane in there. Uh, but overall, but I think it really set the stage it. for the mental aspects of this of the game or the sports. Yes, it did. It did, of course. It's I an think allegory. there's other ways to do it, but <laughs> yeah, okay. So overall, I don't know. I found my way into that. No complaints. Really liked the two bottleneck episodes when like the episodes exist in their own universe. And those are the ones that I found myself like wanting to rewatch. And for season three, from what I've seen so far, uh, I think that they are respecting season two. But what I'll say about what I took away from the first episode, it seems more tense and less sort of freewheeling fun compared to season two. And that's kind of where it has me curious, not judgmental, as Ted would say. <laughs> Do from the th- dart scene, hello. I, lo- I love the dart scene. Dart scene is love the dart one scene. of my favorite, one of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. in any show. Period. Let alone a Ted Lasso or a, a sports show. Dart scene's fantastic. Do you think Nate's villain arc is is justified? Um, I think they did you, a really. Do great you think job. he was kind of soft and turned a little too quickly? No, no, I don't think that because I watched YouTube videos explaining how his turn was set up a lot more long term than meets the eye. And after watching some of those YouTube breakdowns, then I was like, all right, I don't think that it was too fast. And as he said himself, he earned this. I just feel like so, no, I, the whole like Ted taking all the credit for strategies implemented. And I just thought that was so such a reach. Was, mm. a, a, Ted knows knows nothing about soccer. It, it That's been clear from day one. B, he's always given praise to Nate whether it's in the media or internally or anything like that. C, he utilized Nate's strategy. It's not like Nate presented him this false nine strategy and Ted said, no, we're not going to do that. It's like, no, they did it and they continued to do it until it was successful. (laughs) I get it to a degree where Nate was always looking for acceptance from being just Mm -hmm. the equipment manager to getting a shot to be a coach and, and whatnot. And he's just he was just never in that position or never accepted that, you know, some good could actually come his way. And he always thought he deserved more. I, I get all that to a degree, but I just didn't think in terms of his relationship with Ted, the angst was justified. I could see that. I mean, it took me YouTube videos to get there. So I can definitely see that. I mean, he's Nate. He's got a lot of complex emotions. He needs to see Dr. Fieldstone. But I am excited for season three. I can't wait to watch the premiere. I'm hoping this isn't the last season. There's been some some teases of this being the last season or, or not. I think they can let this so, ride one more. I think they can let this ride four seasons. So if I may, I was watching a clip from the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. Are you possibly yes. familiar? And Hannah Waddingham was on it. And they kind of questioned her on like, what do you think is this it? As you're alluding to. And she said, this has been kind of like described or what Jason has said is that this is the end of the story or this is like where the natural progression, like it's all leading to this. It doesn't mean it's the end of the show. It means it's the end of this arc. Oh, OK. Got it. Right. So, I mean, that does seem right. So I don't know, like, does that mean to me it's going to be like some I don't know if I'd call it a spinoff, but like mm-hmm. I, I just picture like, like Roy a, takes over or something. Yeah, so like in the universe, I'm I'm thinking like a Scrubs Med School situation, you know, something like that. We all know how good that turned out. 
Hey, I think Scrubs Med School gets a bad reputation that it doesn't deserve. Because it wasn't good. No, it, it doesn't deserve to be talked about like that. It was not bad. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with med school, okay? We all did. Okay. As, long, as long as you did. Yeah, it's I fine. did. And my opinion is what is fact. The only one that matters, yeah. Oh, that's true. I mean, to me, my opinion is the only one that matters. I can like what I like. <laughs> no one's stopping you, Tony. So, So you're saying... This is just the end of maybe Ted's story arc. I, I could I can get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a whole season of like Sam's the main character or something, and it's about his transfer to a to a new club. I I could definitely see and, and be okay with that. I, I would actually like that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me something in the in the Lasso universe, the Lassoverse. Lassoverse, like it, Tony. We're in the Bills universe though, and we got a lot of Bills news to get into. Free agent frenzy. Kicking off some restructures, some signings, new faces, old faces coming back. Tony, are you ready to, speaking of old faces, send it to Marv? You know, the man is like Marv 100 Berg. years old. <laughs> little, put some respect let's send on it. it. Yeah, let's hear let's Put hear some respect voice. on it. I always respect Marv. Let's hear that wonderful man's <laughs> angelic voice. Marv, take it away. We'll be right back after the break. And we are back. Tony, we have a ton of Bills news to get into. Where should we start? I didn't even know where to start with all the free agency going ons happening this week. Legal tampering started Monday, the official first day of free agency that players could sign with teams officially was today, Wednesday. So we've had a lot of happenings in the past 72 hours-ish. I guess let's start with the reason we're able to sign players, and that's the restructuring of some contracts. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Naheem Hines, Von Miller, all restructuring their contracts. Oh, and Tim Settle. Can't forget about Tim Settle. Don't forget about that him. Six, that's 600000 Don't settle on Settle. That's $600,000 we freed up from Tim Settle restructuring. Thank you, Tim. What a guy. True team player. <laughs> really helped us. I don't Every know. Every little bit helped. Pay for the team meals this year. <laughs> Every little bit helped. 600,000 um, isn't nothing. Eh, it's something. <laughs> it's not like Josh's 20 million or Stefan Diggs or Well, Von he couldn't Miller's, do that even if he sec- wanted to. He could if he wanted to, Tony. You know how you do that? You play good, you get a big contract, and that's how you do it. Well, it's only been a year. Give him time. Let him marinate a little. I hope, give him time. I hope so. Give him time. Yep. Got to earn that uh, big contract so you can give it right back. These moves aren't surprising. We, we kind of all figured Josh Allen would. Be restructured, Von Miller, Stefan Diggs. Do these moves mean anything to you in terms of restructuring? I mean, to me, it just, I, I always go back to the Tom Brady years of every single year Tom Brady would restructure his contract in some way to allow the Patriots to have the cap room to sign players to continue to be good. And these guys seem to be doing the same thing. And I want to specifically point out Stefan Diggs because we've had a roller coaster with Stefan Diggs the past couple of months, you know, reading in between the lines on his social media posts. What could this mean to him wanting to play with his brother, demanding a trade, always being a, a prima donna like he was in Minnesota. And so it begins and how he was frustrated with the loss. And he was on. The recent, uh, what's it called? The shop or the barbershop show and talking about how he just doesn't understand what's missing. Like they have the roster, they have the talent, 
they were execute like what's missing what's the final piece of the puzzle to get them the super bowl trophy seems like he's being more vocal about his frustrations so for him to turn around and just restructure says says a lot i mean it says he might just be trolling everyone on social media and b he really wants to be here like he really thinks this is a team that can get him his title get him his trophy and that he wants to be a bill and i think we saw that throughout last year just him kind of becoming a leader of this team and his interaction with the fans and being in local commercials things like that i think he's ingrained himself in this city and the culture enough to, to you know he, you can be frustrated with the play on the field but all of it was smoke in my eyes and uh I, I think that's proven with him being willing to restructure his deal here. I never worried about any of that stuff. I think that's just. I didn't either. I, I, I think, I think it was all, just. I think all that stuff was just finding clickbait. I think, and I think it was just applied as such. I didn't. I didn't worry about any of that. Social media, what he does, like they do that stuff every year. A lot of players do that. I wasn't worried about any any of it, and I'm still not worried about any of it. I I, I figured that if it. they needed him, if they needed him to restructure, I figured he would, because that's who he is. He's Steph. He played like shit on Family Feud. I'll tell you that much. I don't think was he, got he on a Family Feud right. again recently. Yes, it was like a month ago. I don't think he got a single one right or a single one on the was, board. Was he? Was this Fast Money? I didn't know he was even on Family Feud again. It was NFL players versus their moms. So not oh, only was oh, Steph Diggs there, Steph Diggs' mom was on the other team. Was Trayvon on Steph Diggs' team? Nope. Najee oh, Harris was. I guess that's unrelated. Oh, okay. But it was what happened. No. <laughs> Does Stefan Diggs have a family feud problem? Problem? I don't think it's a problem. <laughs> well, he didn't answer a single question right, according to you. Yeah, but he's also had some great answers in the past. He's had some viral answers. I don't I wouldn't call them great. They're great. great. They They're went great viral. answers. They get on the board. The people say it. He's locked in. He knows in. the he's people. people. He's a man of the people. That's what I'm saying. He wasn't even driving that car that got stuck in the snow. He's a man right. of the people. He doesn't drive his own cars. Come on. Worries me that he didn't get a single question right on Family Feud. We need to further dissect this and discuss this at a later date. But I was never worried either. I just think Stefan Diggs is, I think he likes to get a ri- rise out of people. He, he likes to be quirky. And like I said, he likes to probably be a little bit of a troll on social media to get people talking, to get people thinking when none of it is going to come to fruition. It's what fans do, right? They just try to find any kind of clue in this Da Vinci code. For example, when J.J. Watt was a free agent, and it was like, oh, oh yeah, there's a there's a picture of him working out, and on on one side the wall is red, and the other side it's blue, and that means he's gonna come to the bill. Like, what are you talking about? Do you really think these NFL players? who have to take a knowledge test when they get in the league are coming up with some super cryptic social media campaign. <laughs> like, no, I hope you're wrong. Cause I would love to get in on something like that, but, no, it, but it would be Steph amazing. Diggs, I don't think anything like that's happening. I mean, what would imagine staffing do if Stefan Diggs got traded? Who would they use to promote their staffing? Mm. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. So we got to get back. I guess to no one. <laughs> People won't get back to work. They won't be staffed. It's a local company that Stefan Diggs is the uh, spokesperson for. Oh, okay. That's nice. And he wants people to get back to work. Mm. Unemployment like, seems, like seems like a noble thing to do. Number. Helping seems the local like someone economy. who doesn't understand macroeconomics. Oh, Steph Diggs or me or both? Steph Diggs. Okay. I know you understand you. macroeconomics. Yeah. Eh, slightly. <laughs> Moving on, Tony. All right. Now, yeah. While we say ho- the meat of while this we... thing. While we say hello to some new faces and some returning faces, we also say goodbye 
to some old faces. The big one is we lose Tremaine Edmonds to the Chicago Bears. Four years, $72 million, $18 million per year. I am, as listeners know, not the biggest fan of Tremaine Edmonds. I think he's a average to good player. Others may think less. Others may think more. Regardless of what you think about how Tremaine Edmonds is as a player, I think everyone can agree, except the Chicago Bears front office, this was way too much money for Tremaine Edmonds, and I'm glad the Bills did not pay this much. <laughs> Matt, I was going to say, we've been talking about Family Feud during this episode, but Tremaine Edmonds is more of a Price is Right guy, because to that I say, that's too much. He, that's too much. I, as you know, I'm a, I'm a Tremaine Edmonds apologist, but that contract was too much money. That was not worth yes, it. Absolutely not. Uh, I said when Bobby Wagner got $10 million last year from the Rams, like you go to Tremaine Edmonds' agents, camp, whatever, and you go, here's our offer. We're going to start at 10. We're going to 12. And don't scoff at it. Good for Tremaine Edmonds for getting the bag, believing in himself, banking on himself, and it paid off with a huge contract, the biggest contract for an off-ball linebacker, I believe they said, $18 million per year. So good for him for getting that money. Good for the Bills for not paying it for a guy who in his career has five interceptions, three forced fumbles, like just all this all this stuff you want from a middle linebacker. I, I don't feel like Tremaine Evans did. And then plus I think he struggled in coverage. And everyone will go retort by saying he did have his best year this past year. Well, duh, guess who else has their best year in the NFL? or any sport during their contract year. 90% of guys have their Boom. best year when it's a contract year. So I don't really buy heavy into like he was turning a corner or he was coming into his own or finally hitting his prime. Like he's had five years in this league to figure it out. And the mistakes he made from day one, he still makes to this day. I think the Bears got a good player. I think he's very serviceable. Again, average to good middle linebacker in this league. Now they also signed TJ Edwards from the Eagles, who fracked up, I think, like 160 plus tackles last year. So maybe they moved Tremaine to outside linebacker and let Edwards run. There's a lot of options and maybe Tremaine excels at outside linebacker. And then it's like, oh, well, we could have done that. But all in all, <laughs> it's a move that I, I'm glad the Bills did not make. I think we can get the same production from a guy who can have the same impact for half the amount of money. I think for us, yes, that's true. This might end up being like mutually great. Because I think for right. us, yeah, like what we're getting out of Maine is certainly not worth that. Certainly not worth what he's getting paid in Chicago. But for him, it is an opportunity in a much different role, in a much different system. And if they're looking for him to be, you know, what Roquan was, what the heir apparent of some of the other great front seven people. Yeah, basically from like Erlacher on to some of the great players they've had in their front seven. If that's what they're looking for out of this, I, you never know. Like maybe that maybe they'll end up getting it and good for... Tremaine in that situation then and good for us that we did right by someone who wasn't thriving in a system that was not built for them. So what else is there to say? G good luck to him. Maybe it works out, but it wasn't going to work out here. So it made sense in terms of where we're choosing to spend our money. It made sense that this is the way that it worked out, spending our money yeah. elsewhere. And yeah, maybe, just... just maybe, we'll get someone even cooler in middle linebacker. Ooh, I like this idea. We'll talk about potential 
signings by the Bills later on, but like we're yes. gonna head that here. Also, that bothered me. Yes. Like Tremaine Edmonds was here for five years. Did we ever know who Tremaine Edmonds was as a person? Yes, he was quiet and let his play do the talking, and he wasn't as outgoingly charismatic as the other players. But I feel like if you're a core piece of a defense for five years and what we all thought at the time was like the future of the defense. I feel like I would know more about Tremaine. I want to know who you are as a person, Tremaine. I never got that. He never opened up to us. In my mind, I think Tremaine was defined by his brothers and his family. And because they were all sort of quiet and all kind of had maybe some quieter starts to their careers. I just always felt that Tremaine Edmonds, because we never knew him as the man, never lived up past the storyline from draft day of like him and his brothers. He was just always defined by being one of the Edmonds brothers. And because we never really knew them, that becomes like his that 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 becomes like all I ever applied to him in terms of Tremaine Edmonds, the man beyond the tackles. So I don't know. That was kind of all there ever was in my mind. And maybe that's in the sense that I was always just like looking to see like what other Edmonds we could bring on the team around this time of year, especially. And maybe I'm still looking to see what Edmonds we could bring on this time of year. A little foreshadowing. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be interesting if we lose Tremaine and sign Terrell? <laughs> I think it'd be um, very interesting. That'd be very interesting. Um, and he like yeah, for, thrives. He writes and he thrives. He becomes like a megastar. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. What a what a twist that would be. That was a Shyamalan twist right there. The Edmonds we didn't draft becomes a star on the Bills. The one right. we did and let go fizzles out of the league. Not that I hope for that, but I'm just saying storyline-wise, no. that'd be interesting. For a guy who seemingly wanted his play to do the talking on the field, like I said, it just never resonated with me. Everyone wants to talk about splash plays, impactful plays. When I look back at Tremaine Evans' Bills career, you can't you can't name one thing he really excelled in. Well, he was pretty good in coverage. Yeah, he was he was okay in coverage. There's also pretty a lot of good. times where he just you thought he was good in coverage. Oh no, I mean like I'm just emphasizing like pretty good. Like pretty good is not great. Pretty good is only yeah, pretty, pretty good. good. That's all I'm kind pretty of trying good. to say. Definitely take that literally. A lot of times seemed like he was. Lost in the coverage. He was thinking about things too much, which made him a step too slow. And then, okay, so he's pretty good in coverage, not great. Was he great in run defense? Also, he was okay in that. When you look at QB hits and tackles for losses, nothing really pops out at you. Like last year, he had six tackles for losses, three QB hits. The year before that, he had one QB hit. And, 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 Add that to the fact that the Bills' run defense has consistently been pretty bad. For all those who are upset that we lost Tremaine Edmonds, I think it's more a testament and people are more upset of the fact that like Bean's whole mentality to, I think, Bills fans was to draft a all pre-sign. So if you're making this guy who's 19 years old, you make him a leader of the defense at 20 years old and a core piece, and you supposedly develop him with the intent to resign him because he is a core piece of the defense. Now you now you failed on two of the three pillars that Brandon Bean preaches. You drafted him, great, got that done. You failed in developing him, and you failed in resigning him. So I don't think people are mad at Tremaine Edmonds. I think people are more upset with that mentality of draft, develop, and resign because 
if we're not doing that, like what what are we doing here? I think they're more upset in the sense that I think that this reveals a certain level of like failure in the sense that like how it was supposed to work was that, you know, we were going to draft Josh, our franchise quarterback. And then we're also going to draft that same year, the quarterback of our defense. And then we did. And it's like, okay, the pieces were in place, but we never got a ring from it. And now we're just kind of like putting together some weird analogy of that. And it's just like, and hoping that that ends up getting us to the promised land. But like the magic of of that whole thing is gone because Tremaine is gone. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I hope he has a good career. I've never had major issues with Tremaine as a bill. Um, Mm, You talked a lot of shit about him on this podcast. I do, but just because of what we just just described of a quarterback of the defense, uh, traded up to get him in the first round, made him a leader of this defense at the age of 20. And it just never, it never transpired to be that. So I wish it worked would have worked out better, and but I'm not upset that he's not a bill anymore because I again I think you can get the same production for half the cost. I'm just I'm just not upset with it. But let's move on, Tony, to guys that are sticking around and some new faces. Let's start with Matt Milano being extended for two years. Probably goes hand in hand with the loss of Tremaine Edmonds. The question now is, first of all. Extremely well deserved. You want to talk about a quarterback of the defense? I I think they're shifting that to Matt Milano, and they might be shifting him as well positionally because he might be moving to middle linebacker. Which there's a glaring hole at linebacker on this team. We re-signed Terrell Dodson for a year. We re-signed Tyler Matakavich, who is more of a special teams player. Obviously, besides that, you're looking at two rookies from last year in Terrell Bernard and Balen Spector to fill an Edmonds void. And that's where that's where they're losing me here. I, I love that they extended Milano all pro last year, obviously a key part of this defense, one of the best defensive players in the league, in my opinion, especially at the linebacker position. So I feel like with the loss of Edmonds, you needed to, to extend Milano. I'm glad they did, but there's also a huge void that, Hopefully it's filled by another veteran that they can bring in. Uh, there's a couple of linebackers in this draft that I like uh, that I think can fill the void and step in right away. But Tony, I, I think this whole left, there's only one solution for it. And it's a Jojo Doman solution. Yes. What does it take to trade for Joe, Joe, Doe, man? Joe, Joe, Doe. Give him the dough and get him on the That's team. Right. A new system coming into... The Colts. I I'm mean, just, the I'm time. just saying, Tony. There was a past Bills life where the Colts and the Bills made a little trade where just two guys mm-hmm. needed a change of scenery. I don't yep. think JoJo Doman wants to be on a Colts team that seems to be going nowhere. It is in full fledged rebuild mode. Who who knows how long uh, your your career is going to last? A, a player's career is going to last. Injuries, yeah. variables happen all the time. Get on a contender now, Jojo Doman and the Bills. So I think we can repeat history here. Have a little player swap. Send maybe someone who needs a change of scenery to the Colts. They send us a guy who needs a change of scenery like Jojo Doman back to the Bills, and everyone's happy in the process. Mm-hmm. So it's Ed this is the only Jojo solution. Doman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> What a trade. <laughs> I, I was going to say more since we're talking about linebackers. A, a straight linebacker swap. Terrell Bernard okay. for JoJo Doe. <laughs> I'd be, I would love that because 
I would love that, that too. We get a better make player. Right, yeah, it would make right by everything we wanted is we go into the third round of last year's draft and I'm screaming and banging the table for Jojo Doman as I did for the rest of the draft. Instead, we draft two other linebackers that were no names then and they're no names now. Bernard? Give me Jojo Doman. Bernard? This is a great idea. I'm excited about this idea. This is the idea. That of Bernard? <laughs> it was a question then. It's a question now. That that pick was doomed from the start because of that nickname we gave him. Mm, you might be right. A, it wasn't a Bernard. It wasn't a Bernard. It was a Bernard. It was doomed. Bernard. <laughs> Bernard. How do you feel about the Milano extension? Uh, I mean, come on. Like, seems like a good deal in the sense that he just came off this like really incredible season and we're extending him and getting what is seemingly a fair deal. So no, no complaints here. Like it makes a lot of sense. Stabilize the linebacking corpse while it's kind of iffy uh, or until it gets there. But come on, the guy had an incredible season. The guy is incredible. We need him. He's a major player and major anchor in this defense. I'm thrilled about the extension. I also like the, the external message it sends to throughout the locker room to other players, especially young guys of here's a fifth round pick where many fifth round picks throughout the league aren't in the league <laughs> or are, that right. are drafted aren't in the league. Like, look what you can become. This is if like you apply a, yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, a old nineties work video, like worker right. training video. If you apply yourself, why would I pay for something really hard? Why would I pay for something could, when if I apply myself, maybe I could get it for free? Yes, yeah, so you could be Matt Milano. So I like that message as well. It sends to younger players of, hey, you can be Matt Milano. You can make something of yourself if you you work hard and make plays out there. We also have a couple low level resigns. I already mentioned Dodson and Matikavich. Also brought back puncher Sam Martin. No complaints there. I thought Sam Martin did a great job. Nope. Dated, dated an Same. Olympic gold medalist. Gives us some street cred. Same. Always okay yep. with that. And we brought back Cam Lewis on a one-year deal, which oddly I'm okay with. Like I know Cam Lewis is kind of the guy people like to bag on on the Bills roster. And you know, rightfully so. He had gave up the Justin Jefferson catch in the Vikings game last year. He uh, had that notoriously bad roughing the kicker roughing the punter penalty against the Patriots, kept them in the game. Cam Lewis had had some downs last year, but let's look at the positives. UB grad, so representing yes. UB. Yes. Love that. One Buffalo. Yes. And I, I, I don't have a problem with a, with a guy you can get on the cheap who's been in the system for a couple of years, who offers some versatility in the fact that he can play corner or safety in a pinch if needed. There, there's nothing wrong with Cam Lewis. He is the he is the eternal Ruvel Martin, where you can just cut him and wave him and add him to the practice squad and put him on the main roster, and he's not going anywhere. He's not going to be picked up by another team, and he just gives you some low bar insurance. You know, not a guy that's going to make splashes, but just a low level, decently solid player. Mm-hmm. No complaints on Cam Lewis. It's also the off season. Like it doesn't mean that he's like, you know, if we get somebody who's better, fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, so um, I'm good like with it. A build, lot of build these, up these rosters. Cam Lewis. A lot of these guys are whatever. Yeah. The big re signing 
the big old face coming back to the Bills. <laughs> maybe a little unexpected, maybe a little surprising. Jordan Poyer is back with the Bills for two more years. Tony, do, do you hear that? Do, do you hear that? Is is that the sound of Rachel Bush backpedaling on all her social media comments? That's exactly what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Good. That's how we that's how we practice it. I hope so. You know mm-hmm. the script. A little bit of a shock. I I kind of thought it was more realistic as the days went on this week. It seems like a guy who is a Pro Bowl player, highly sought after. He would be tampered with legally. Mm. Like you would he would have heard some stuff within the first 48 hours of Poyer signing or has interest from XYZ team. You didn't hear anything, which tells no. me A, Drew Rosenhaus is losing his touch a little. And I'm okay with that because I'm not a fan of Drew Rosenhaus. He's the uh, dick. B, the market, just like we said about Tremaine Edmonds banking on himself and getting paid. Poyer did the same thing and he found out the market for a 32 year old safety coming off injuries is not what he was hoping for. So taxes be damned, state taxes be damned, Mm -hmm. warm weather be damned, come back to a team and a fan base that adores you and, and ride out the rest of your career like that. I mean, that's not a, that's not a bad fallback plan for any player. I don't, I don't think he burned any bridges with this team or this fan base. It seems like he's welcomed back with open arms. And I'm actually happy he's back. You get Micah Hyde back from injury, and the dynamic duo is back again. Yeah, happy about that. Happy about the consistency. I think that there's potential that consistency, or at least veteran leadership consistency, is now at a premium uh, with this Leslie Frazier situation. So my thought process was, I bet you I like that. they yeah. are prioritizing veterans in a new way, veteran and veteran consistency, in a new Good way point, yeah. to try and stabilize things with the Leslie Frazier hiatus. And that would set the scene for one Mr. Jordan Poyer. Definitely. That's a that's a great thought. I, I didn't even think of the Leslie Frazier departure angle in all this. Do, do you think he's burned any bridges with the fan base for the past couple weeks? Talked about. You'd like to see sun every once in a while because it hasn't been sunny in three and a half months here in Buffalo. He wouldn't mind getting half his paycheck back in his pocket and not being taken away from taxes. Do you think there's any kind of animosity coming back to the team, coming back to this fan base from this fan base? I should say towards Jordan Poyer, because if no, if because we I know we know anything, that... the scorn of a Bills fan is is heavy sometimes. That is true. Hell, no, no fury, like a like a mafia's scorn. I think no, because I think that my impression of Bill's mafia is that they, to a certain extent, understand or maybe agree with some of what Jordan Boyer was saying. Um, I think Jordan Boyer was lobbying for a life that he thought was going to be involved in him going to what I have to presume is his utopia, but to a sane person is hell on earth, Florida. And I mean, Bugs Bunny was trying to saw it off for a reason. Yeah, right. So I think he was like lobbying for that. But I also think Jordan Poyer is someone who gets who is subject to being caught up in the culture war. And so as it's the off season, he's got a little more spare time for it to be reading Newsmax articles and who knows what else. So, I mean, that's going to influence his personality to 
post and say stuff like that if that's where his mind goes that's my little conspiracy theory analyzing the psyche of mr jordan foyer also he's in the house so like she's not helping she is not helping whatsoever no she's not helping what about jordan foyer speaking of his mental state is there any worry from you that he won't come back as i guess motivated is the right word that he didn't get the contract he was expecting, like this is kind of his mm. fallback plan. Do you think there's any any worry from a from a player perspective that yeah he might he might coast a little now that he knows he's gonna he's he's not worth what he thought he was. Um, I would say yes. I think that that is something valid to be worried about. Um, I also think that words create reality, especially for yourself and. He was a captain last year, but for with the departure of Leslie Frazier and Tremaine Edmonds, for him to now even be in so much more that much more of a leadership role, for him to have to take that on, I think is is going to kind of help that situation out of necessity of there's other things and other people sort of with a greater dependency on his actions and his words and his thoughts. I, I like that, and a lot of people go back to last year in the instances of him being banged up and still playing, driving to Kansas City to play when he was not allowed to fly due to his injuries. Fans look back and as reason for Jordan Poyer being a motivated person or um again, go back to the Tremaine Emma's discussion, contract year. <laughs> like these mm-hmm. guys are gonna do everything they can to get their money to to ball out and, and get paid, whether it means getting the road rules Winnebago up and running and driving halfway across the country or whatever. But when you look at Leslie Frazier's departure, you look at keeping a veteran guy on this team who knows this system, who's excelled in this system, who's played his best football in this system. You can't be mad at this resigning. I, I'm glad to have Jordan Poyer back in the mix. And I, and I think he, he will, I think he will be okay. I think he'll be fine. He'll play at yeah, his overall the same level we yeah. expected it. Now, so let me ask you this. Jordan Poyer, he's here. Presumably, do you think this is his last contract? It would essentially seem that way, right? Because you I was know, thinking about this too today. Right. So I would think so too. So let's so do you think Jordan Poyer's future addition to the wall of fame is Super Bowl dependent? Do you think if we win it before he retires, he gets on the wall? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I do. Okay. I just don't think he's... Do you think... Like, what are your qualifications for a wall of fame? Like, what is the minimum of what a player needs to do to be on the wall of fame? See, okay, this is somewhere where I think I disagree with what does currently happen with the wall of fame. I think you have to be... Do tell. You have to start your career as a bill, and you have to live out all the glory years of your career as a bill. And that mm-hmm. it's essentially like I think of the Wall of Fame as as like the professional version of like a high school Hall of Fame. Whereas like anyone who's in a high school Hall of Fame is just like you gave your career to the school or to the athletics of a school. And so I think that Cornelius Bennett, I'm like iffy about him being on the Hall of Fame. But then at the same time, people who are much worse than Cornelius Bennett, I think in some ways deserve to have a place in the Hall of Fame because they they had full illustrious careers. And they gave those careers to the Bills. So Jordan Poyer is an interesting situation because Jordan Poyer is 
made his career with the Bills, was on the Browns previously, mm-hmm. uh, but like wasn't really that good with the Browns, but became who he was because of and on the Bills. But I also don't want to give if the I, I don't think that there should be a mind of well, if the Bills are like really successful for an era or if the Bills are the Super Bowl era, like I don't think just being around on the Super Bowl era is a just a carte blanche to like give get them on the wall. I don't think it should be that way. I think it should be like purely individualistic. So in that sense, I don't think I would want Jordan. I don't. Well, I don't know. I guess I don't think that a championship in any capacity should be the edge that Jordan Poyer needs to get on the wall. I think he should just either he gets on it by himself, regardless of wins and losses, or he's deemed as not enough for it. I mean, how many years are we talking here? He's going to be seven years of bill in the end. Well, I mean, seven years. Okay. I mean, you how think, long was Jared's I mean, bill? That feels like seven years. No, he was a bill for, he didn't, I don't even think he got out of his first contract. Yeah. I don't think he did either. The question is, if the Bills win a Super Bowl in the next two years, do Hyde and Poyer go on it together, like as like a the best safety tandem in Bills history? Wow, that would be wild. I don't think you could do that. I do. I wouldn't want to dilute anyone's um, individual performance. I don't want to say experience, but yeah, individual performance by saying you're kind of like sharing the spotlight in this boys. Yeah, I don't know about that. So do you do you put more They're stock a good safety tandem? So, like, if you were to break it down in, like, percentage, what's your percentage uh, you put into in terms of Wall of Fame credentials? Like, loyalty, stats, yeah, community impact, like... Uh, I mean, I think I think it's all just loyalty and stats. And like I, But I don't... Kyle, I can't put a... I can't put a Kyle percentage Williams. on either one of those because they're... Yeah, because, like, they're each dependent. If you're trying to get on the wall, I you can't just give me loyalty without stats, and you can't just give me stats without loyalty. But those are the two things I need. Community engagement, I don't really care about that. I don't live in the community, so. I think it's Super Bowl dependent at this point for those guys. Tony, moving on, though, a couple new faces in the fold. Let's start with, we'll just do chronologically, the first guy, first new okay. face signed by the Bills this offseason, uh, former Cowboy interior offensive lineman, Connor McGovern. We got the good one, Tony. Three yeah, years, he's a good 23 one. million. Not Connor McGregor, Connor McGovern. I like this signing. I, I'm going to be a little hesitant because while I like the signing, I'm a little weary of Aaron Cromer developing offensive linemen or <laughs> getting the best out of his offensive linemen, I should say. Mm-hmm. I like the signing and the fact that McGovern is a very solid pass blocker. PFF grade of close to 75 in his pass blocking. Which is totally okay with me because I can't stand the, well, they need to be good at both run blocking and pass blocking, or he isn't good at run blocking, so this is a bad sign. Like, we tried the good run blocker last year with Roger Saffold, Mm -hmm. and it was disaster. (laughs) So let's try the good pass blocker this year. Like, let's switch it up. Like, who gives a crap if he's a bad run blocker? I also like his athleticism. Obviously, there is a certain... Subsect, I think, of offensive linemen the Bills go after and Brandon Bean goes after specifically athletic offensive linemen. You look at across that line, they're high RAS guys, above average athletes, and when comparable to other offensive linemen, Connor McGovern played last year in Kellen Moore's system in Dallas uh, as a fullback as well as a tight end 
along with playing as an offensive lineman. So uh, very versatile, very athletic in that regard. In terms of playing as a fullback, I love this quote from Connor McGovern. He said, quote, he was living a lot of fat kids dreams out there because he got to play <laughs> fullback and his favorite movie, Step Brothers. So you can't well, he's, scoff he's at gonna that. get along great with then with the offense then. he's gonna he's gonna oh. get along great with ryan bates and josh allen and dawson knox and yeah all those guys so i like the signing i think it's solid again i like the signing i am still weary of aaron cromer's development of offensive linemen so i i hope it works out <laughs> i do too and i think it will uh what you have me excited about as you alluded to him jumping into other positions is I know what I missed maybe the most last year in the transition from Dable to Dorsey was trick plays. Now mm. we've really opened some, some opportunities for some, yeah, for some big fat touchdowns for some trick plays. I hope that the good Connor McGovern is, is involved. The good Connor McGovern. Will he always be referred to as the good Connor McGovern? Oh yeah. That's what I'm always calling him. Uh, uh-huh. he's the good <laughs> like- one. It's a, it's never just going to be Connor McGovern. It's going to be the good Connor McGovern. No, he's the good Connor McGovern. Yes, there's there's no other options here. But they needed to shore up the interior of the offensive line, like we mentioned, Roger Saffold, a disaster. Plus, Connor McGovern does his best work, according to a lot of Cowboys beat writers and people I've read in, in Cowboys media, from the right guard position. That's where he played his best as a Dallas Cowboy. So I like that and the fact that we can move Ryan Bates to left guard where I think he played his best football two years ago. So uh, a little trickle down effect from the Connor McGovern, the good Connor McGovern signing in that we can move Ryan Bates to, I think a more preferable position for him. So um, I don't think they're done on the offensive line by any means. They still need to Mm -mm. find some depth there. um, Possibly find some competition for Spencer Brown, even though it sounds like they're not going to, and they, just want to see how the development of Spencer Brown plays out. But they do need depth all across the offensive line, especially in the tackle positions. Guys like Greg Van Routen were not good. Bobby Hart, not good. Like they got they got to improve their depth as well because as we saw this past season, there was a lot of moving and shaking on that offensive line due to injuries or whatnot. So depth is important. So I do not think they're done. And I could very much see them drafting offensive linemen early in this year's draft. So uh, good signing, but still work to do, in my opinion. I agree with you that I think that we're def. I think that we're gonna draft someone early. the The offensive line was a situation last year, and I don't want it to be a situation this year. And That's right, we're yeah. on our way. We're on our way, but we're not all the way there yet. Yeah, no, they need to do more work. The, their main goal this offseason is to protect Josh Allen and the two hundred fifty million dollar investment in Josh Allen as best they can, and this is a good first step. A lot more work to be done in that regard. Tony, moving on, the other new face. I don't know if I'm going to get this right. The former Deontay Harris, two last who, is names. Pre- who is the present day Deontay Hardy, and I'm guessing is going to be the future chosen Harris Hardy. Former Saints wide receiver slash return specialist slash, I guess players are going by the term weapon now. Deontay Hardy. I think is what he's currently going by. Mm-hmm. Bill signed him for two years, around two, three million dollars a year. This seems like a very low risk, high reward move. You look at two years ago when Deontay Hardy was an all pro or a Pro Bowl return man for the Saints. He also had 36 catches 
for close to 600 yards. Big yak guy. Averaged 16 yards per catch two years ago with four catches over 40 yards. I mean, he's a burner. He's got speed, but he's a big yak guy. And the Bills, of course, are on a never-ending journey to improve their yak. (laughs) Moving from 32nd in the league two years ago to 31st in the league last year. So baby steps. It's an improvement, but baby steps. Tony, what are your thoughts about Deontay Hardy? I mean, RIP James Hardy, what by could the way. one? I, you son of a fucking bitch. You just <laughs> stepped right on what I was trying to do. So I was just about to say, I don't know, a wide receiver named Hardy. Don't sit right with me. So right. in that sense, just don't know about this one, Matt. But <laughs> I think that, I don't know, something reminiscent about this is like, are we thinking that Hardy is going to be what we hoped Isaiah McKenzie would be? Is this is this competition for Isaiah McKenzie? I think so. In like the athlete role? Yes, I think so as well. But I don't think that it answers any question. I don't think that anyone's going into this saying the Bills got their slot guy like locked in ink. I right. think it's just kind of competition and and seeing how and seeing how it all shakes out. Just like offensive line, I think that there's a lot more to come. So this is kind of an under the radar thing, but I'm going to keep it under the radar because I think that in so many ways, this is the Crowder signing. I think that it's going to, we're going to be going to camp and be like, oh yeah, that guy, I remember, we got that guy too. I remember that. I like, how do I keep yeah. forgetting about that? <laughs> it's going to be that. And then I'll get injured. It, it, was, it was funny uh, on social media when Isaiah McKenzie was like, when are you going to let him know Brandon Bean or something? And then this signing came out which uh-huh. on the surface looks like this is a guy replacing Isaiah McKenzie or potentially replacing Isaiah McKenzie. And then somebody commented on Isaiah McKenzie's comment of saying, when are you going to tell him Bean or let the world know Bean or something like that? Somebody commented on that from Isaiah saying, I'm guessing this wasn't the signing you were hoping was announced. And he, Isaiah said, yes, it was. And that's how he responded, like, this dude's going to take your job. So, a little fun back and forth between Bills Mafia and Isaiah McKenzie on social media. But, I mean, when you look at Deontay Hardy's skill set, uh, some of his highlights from his time with the Saints, you got to think this is a replacement for Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie, very underwhelming last year in a more prolific offensive role for him. Just didn't deliver. And the Bills might be looking to upgrade that slot receiver position. I think they have a surefire prospect in he wolf i don't think you need to fill yeah. the slot position because you already filled it with you already filled my he wolf size heart with the he wolf so just give the world what what they want uh but this is a guy who can stretch the field we obviously saw the bills have a need for that late in the season last year by signing john brown off the street i, I think they were looking for a guy who can who can blow the top off the defense and when you kind of compare him to Isaiah McKenzie, Deontay Hardy, that is like Isaiah McKenzie. Is he ever like blown the top off the defense? No, he, he's more quick than fast. Deontay Harris Hardy. See, I'm already me- messing it up. Deontay Hardy Harris feels like a guy who can who can stretch the defense, something they they, they might lack in their receiver core currently. So I'm OK with the signing again. I feel like it's low risk, high reward if if you can get this guy healthy and and keep him healthy, I think he can produce. He can be a a 50-catch, 800-yard, 
deep threat for for this Bills team in this Ken Dorsey's offense. So uh, I'm okay with it. The one thing I'm not okay with, uh, he went to Assumption University. I assume that's a Bishop nice. Sycamore situation, and it's a fake college. This is the movie accepted, right? Like, click here to enroll in Assumption He's a University. Yeah, there's no such thing as a subject university, right? I don't know. I mean, it's so easy to make a website nowadays. If I researched really? it, you would you would never even know. We should just ask my brother or maybe my cousin, Hoyt Ambrose. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That character was Hoyt Ambrose. That's right. It was Hoyt Ambrose. I forgot about, I forgot about that. Oh, I didn't. You have a famous family member. Congratulations, Tony. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's and he's and he's a bull. He's a college bully. <laughs> Your dream. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so you you thumbs up or thumbs down on Deontay Hardy signing here? Thumbs up. What do I care? Get him in camp. We'll see how it goes. If he doesn't you make care. the bring team, them all fine. in. Who cares? That's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. Just bring them all in. Bring them all in. It doesn't matter. Tony, with free agency kicking off, hopefully there are more new faces to be added. Bring them all in, as we said. Let's give the listeners, as we wrap up the episode here, two defensive and two offensive guys, just like we did last year. And we hit on OJ Howard last year. That was one of our guys. We wanted the bills to bring in. And that one definitely hit. It didn't work out, but it hit at the time. So two defensive, two offensive players. You hope the bills will bring in as free agency kicks off here, looking at this roster, looking at the holes in it, Tony, I'm going to start. If you don't mind, I like to do the honors. I'm going to start on the defensive side of the ball. We talked about the underwhelming performance of Ed Oliver up until this point of his career. Yes, he's made some splash plays, but consistency has always been an issue with Ed Oliver. The uncertainty of Jordan Phillips, whether he'll resign or not, or whether they even want him back or not. You got Daquan Jones as a very good one technique player this past season for the Bills, and I think we're set there. And then you, we mentioned previously Tim Settle restructuring. So he's in the mix. Is he on the team? Maybe, but he's in the mix. There's still a glaring hole at run stuffing. So I am going to defensive tackle for the first guy I want the Bills to sign, and that is Sean Robinson, formerly of the mm. Lions. Tony, there's nothing... I want more than the Bills to sign a 28-year-old guy who looks like he's 57. (laughs) That sounds like a football player to me. That sounds like a football player. That sounds like an impactful football player. That sounds like a guy who is an intimidator, who will put fear in the offensive lineman. You look at that, you you just pull up a profile picture of Ashawn Robinson, and the man is literally the most intimidating-looking man I've ever seen. I mean, he doesn't need any. He doesn't need any intimidation. for intimidation. <laughs> what do they take Alka Seltzer for intimidation in Little Giants? Yeah, I think so. You don't need any Alka Seltzer with Ashawn Robinson. He is a beast. He's just, and he's a half. just there. He just has it, and he'll he'll fill a huge need, and that is the need to have a giant human being at six four three twenty to stuff some run lanes. That's what we need. He's a veteran. He's proof. Is is He's proved his value in this league. I loved him coming out of Alabama when he was drafted. I thought he would have been a great mid-round pick for the Bills at the time. Um, so I, I I think this is a home run sign. You can get him for fairly cheap, I'd imagine. 
defensive tackles don't seem to be going for much these days. I think he fits a lot of needs. I think it's a great depth signing for that Sean McDermott defensive line rotation. Uh, I think that we're in a situation where we got to focus on the defensive line rotation. So, uh, yes, I do like your idea. And I think it's um, appropriately aggressive, I guess, for what we're what we're saying here, maybe what we need for our cap situation. So I would I would like that, too. And I like it. I like a lion. I like the idea of taking a lion. I like what I saw of the lions this year. So nothing really that specific to say that, I suppose. But I like that. Yes. Sign him up. Let's get him. Let's do it. Spot track only May has I? his market value at eight million. I think you can get him for a lot less than eight million. Honestly, I think you can get him for okay. five to seven. We need a guy who is just a big body to stuff the run. He's not going to demand eighty percent of snaps. Not that McDermott would let him play eighty percent of snaps, but he's just a big dude and he's he's super <laughs> mean looking and uh, he's got Greg Oden syndrome where he looks like he's about thirty years older than he actually is. So. Sign me up all day for all that. Uh, Tony, who's your first choice on the defensive side of the ball you'd like to see the Bills bring in? Uh, I am going to go with someone in the division, and I'm going to go with a little linebacker depth slash uh, special teams core depth, and you're going to hate it, but I'm going to go with from the Dolphins, Andrew Van Ginkle. He had me at special teams. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle, sort of described as a jack-of-all-trades, you know, someone who has has big playability, I guess you would say, or like he's a clutch. He's clutch. He's really clutch, uh, is what we know yep. about Andrew Van Ginkle. So uh, I would like to see Van Ginkle come across in a Bills uniform because he can help in every facet of the ball. And we know our linebacker situation. He's super athletic, and so he's going to be better in dealing with this, this like, I don't know, this dead weight on us named Bernard. <laughs> In, in some ways, I'm just like, like, how long are we going to go with this? How long are we going to do this facade with Bernard right. and Valen Spector? You know, like, or are we just going to, are we going to try and like cut our losses and like really figure this out like adults? And I think part of that is getting Andrew Van Ginkle on the team. No, I, I like it. I think it's, uh, it would be a great depth piece. Uh, I would trust him it, playing defensive snaps more than I'd trust a guy like Tyler Matakavich. Mm-hmm. But two years ago, Van Ginkle had his best year he started 14 games for the Dolphins four sacks 71 tackles uh seven passes deflected which is is pretty impressive so I think if given the opportunity he could be a uh, productive player also Tony I think you hit on a when we talk about needs of this team and holes to fill the guy with the long hair hole that we have on this team true is absent like we don't have that Fabio guy on the cover of an adult romance novel flowing hair player. Andrew Van Ginkle fills that role to a T. And I would say that our hair, our hair production overall is down with the baldness revolution. The baldness. We need need to proactively make up for this. We need to get some, we need to get our net hair higher, our net hair numbers up. And I'm not talking about hair net numbers. Yeah, right. I agree. I agree. He's coming into his prime, 27 years old. Uh, I don't think he would break the bank. He made uh, around two and a half no. million last year. I think you can probably get him around. Yeah, I can think you could probably get him in probably the three to four range easily. So, and again, we hit on one fifth round pick with Matt Milano, who says we can't do it again with Andrew Van Ginkle, who was a fifth Van round Ginkle. pick 
back in 2019. I like the pick. Love it. We need linebacker depth. We need net hair gain. I think this covers a lot of territory here. My second defensive player, I'm also going linebacker. I'm going more starter. I need uh, a veteran starter to put alongside Matt Milano. My choice, my A choice this whole time, is, and when I say whole time, I meant the past 12 months, maybe more, maybe 13, 14 months. It's always been Bobby Wagner. I feel like I'm in a mm-hmm. in a romantic comedy, and at the end of the movie, the guy and the girl come face-to-face finally after overcoming obstacles <laughs> of their togetherness, and she looks at him and she says, it's always been you, like, kind of thing. That's how I feel about Bobby Wagner. Like I'm looking at you, Bobby Wagner, highest PFF grade of last year, only $10 million contract with the Rams. Get out of that crappy organization come to a super bowl contender it's always been you bobby wagner it's always been you (laughs) so bobby wagner is my a choice now if you want to talk about b and c choices there's a lot of guys i like in the linebacker category as well i like drew tranquil from the chargers i think he would be a great fit he's coming off a huge year finally getting starter minutes finally getting time and snaps and he did nothing but perform he had i think 125 oh i'm sorry i undersold it 146 tackles five sacks last year started every game um drew tranquil is a guy who it seems like once he got his opportunity really shined plus we talked about andrew van ginkle hair drew tranquil plus matt milano would be the best looking linebacker starting linebacker duo in the league so i mean the swoon factor is through the roof, which which is always important when you're going for a Super Bowl. So Drew Tranquil would be my B. And then C, a guy who has been injured on and off, but when he's on and when he's playing, he's one of the better linebackers in the league. That's Denzel Perryman. A little older. I think he's on the oh. wrong side of 30. I would like Denzel Perryman on a one, two year. Come here, get healthy with our top of the line staff and training staff and facilities. And when, because when he plays, he is, he is a factor and he is one of the better linebackers in this league. It's just a matter of staying on the field for him. So come here, get healthy, play your best football. Then if you want your ride off into the sunset contract, you know, go get it somewhere else or, or maybe here. So those are my A, B and C, Bobby Wagner, Drew Tranquil, Denzel Perryman. But just like you, I think we need to upgrade and fill some holes in the linebacker position, especially from a starting caliber perspective. I like Dodson for depth. I'm hoping Spectre can become something. I liked what I saw from him in limited time last year and what I saw from him in preseason. Not a Bernard fan. I I think that's going to be a bust of a pick. I hope I'm wrong. But we need linebacker depth with the loss of Tremaine Edmonds, and we need starting linebacker caliber players. So uh, those are my two A, B, and C choices for defensive side of the ball. I cheated a little. So where does Le- so where does Levante David fit into this whole thing? Of, oh, it's funny you ask, Tony, because you're Bucks. off Twitter. He actually resigned with the Bucks today. Oh, okay. Well, that so explains he, that. He fits right. nowhere. Hmm. Okay. Tony, who's your second uh, choice? Well, I hope this person's not signed because he would have followed in the footsteps of his brother by doing so. Let's improve our safety depth and our Edmonds depth with Terrell Edmonds. I alluded to it earlier, but Terrell Edmonds is good, but he's not that good. So, like, he could go behind the other guys. 
<laughs> and uh, we would be in a good. lot of. He's not. I think that's going to go on the. So we, I think that's the Edmonds family crest. We're good. We're not that good. Yeah, we're not that good. Yeah. So I mean, I would like to see the likes of Terrell Edmonds in a Bills uniform because, as I've alluded to in the past, I mean that that safety spot is uh, is blank right now. And I mean, I, yes, we signed. Okay, we signed Poyer and Hyde, so I they're in, I suppose. But behind, uh, but behind those starters, or or <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about Zane Anderson. That's insane. So You're insane to think that. Yeah, I guess I was, but I've I've kind of already written him off. I'd much rather have the yeah, like Terrell Edmonds. Yeah, Terrell Edmonds in a real solid situation. Plus, I feel that safety depth is even going to grow more important, and safety diversity is going to grow more important with uh, with Leslie Frazier out, and because. Um, I think that the Sean McDermott defenses value tend to value those, you know, a little bit more. I, I so think it's a, let's get, let's get another Edmonds in the fold. That's well, that's, I mean, that's what it really is. That's my actual biggest thing here. That much. We're just know. going, we're just going through Edmonds. Like an assembly. Yeah, we got to get all, get them all, get them all. They're like Pokemon. We got to catch, them, catch all. them all. Yep. But no, you're right. The safety position is cupboard is bare besides mm-hmm. Jordan Poyer coming off a pretty injury-riddled season. Micah Hyde coming off an injury season where he didn't play in in all games aside from three, was it? DeMar Hamlin's situation, and who knows if he'll ever play again. And then you're talking a non-safety in Cam Lewis and a non-safety in Christian Bedford, who if they convert him, we'll see if it works out, but there's no guarantee that it will. The depth is non-existent in safety. Uh, Trellman's is also a very good special teams player, as we saw in Pittsburgh. So, yep, I really like this signing. He was two point four million last year. I think you can probably get him around the same amount this year. I don't think he did anything to earn a bigger contract, but if you need him to step into a a significant role, I very much think he can do that in twenty nineteen. He had 105 tackles as a starter for 16 games. 2021, he had 89 tackles. Like he could, he could step in that role of starter if need be. If, if you're Seamlessly. So, I think. Yeah, and I, I don't think the market's like that big for him. No. Do you, yeah, like do you do you get the vibe that like the market's going to be that big for him? I I don't. don't think so. Like my whole thing with free agency is unless you are getting legally tampered with, the market's not big mm-hmm. for you, as we saw with Jordan Boyer. <laughs> like. The market's big for those guys that the players or that teams like want to go out immediately and get. Aside from yes, that, exa- yeah, I agree. You're picking at straws. All these guys are probably in the same price range. It's just a matter of it's just a matter of ROI at this point. So, are, yeah. are you getting a guy who will excel in your system or not? Like, so is Terrell Edmonds that guy? Possibly. I, I really like him. I might go as far as to say I like him better than I like his brother and I don't really like his brother. So I don't know how much of a statement that is, but I think it'd be a great signing. It would get the bad taste of losing Tremaine out of Bill's fans mouths. Who's we get another Edmonds back in the fold and we get a guy in a position of need that has been productive in this league for a number of years on a very good, typically very good defense on an annual basis. So in the Steelers. Yeah. Love it. Those are our defensive Tony. Let's move on to the offensive side of the ball. We talked about offensive line a lot, protecting Josh Allen. There's some there's some more 
receiver help I think we can get. Brandon Bean seems to think that a lot of Gabe Davis's downfall last year was due to injuries and that he'll bounce back. And I don't know, injuries don't cause a guy to change his whole catching method, like going from a, a hands catcher to a body catcher. But um, I don't know, Brandon Bean seems to think Gabe Davis can be a viable number two still, at least from his words. Uh, I think Gabe Davis can be the best number four receiver in the league, as I think or that was always the intention for him to be. So we need more help at wide receiver, I'd say. And that's including the breakout season that the Heels about to have. <laughs> and tight end, and you could probably add another running back in the fold. So, I mean, there there's some there's some roster building here that needs to be happening on the offensive side of the ball. The Bills were a juggernaut on offense much of the year last year. Could score at will despite the fact that it never passed the eye test in the later half later half of the season. Um, it always seemed like a struggle, and they were still putting up 28-plus in the 30s in terms of points per game. So just imagine if it wasn't a struggle. Uh, I like the idea with the Deontay Hardy signing. If you can utilize McKenzie and Naheem Hines and you just get like them running chaotically pre-snap every play, <laughs> like just in the backfield just go run around and then when the ball is tight like go do something and confuse the crap out of the defense pre-snap and i i kind of like that i want to add more weapons to the chaos is what i'm getting at uh and the biggest weapon i feel like we need is a secondary tight end i like quentin morris i think he showed uh in his limited snaps i thought he showed quite well i love his route running ability i think he has quick twitch ability off the line which is is a valuable commodity uh you don't see a lot of bigger tight ends like Quinn Morris have that ability so i think there's some potential in Quinn Morris but i want a proven commodity so i am going to take from the division because there's nothing better i like taking from a division rival mm. and i'm going to go sign Mike Kosicki oh yes all his corny, uh, be on my... gritty touchdown celebrations aside, I think he would be a perfect fit for this offense. I, I couldn't agree more. He would be on, like, I didn't put him on as my one of my two because I'm like, well, that's too dreamy because he's too good too for much? this offense. Because I res- no, no, no. I don't think it's too much. I think I think it's just the right amount. I mean, it's too dreamy for my personal, for my heart. <laughs> Your heart couldn't handle it? Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, well, we couldn't get Kasicki. Like, that, that would be too too much of a dream come Kisicki. true, is what I is what I'm saying. Yes, had one of his worst seasons last year. Mm-hmm. Only 316 yards on 28 receptions, five touchdowns. I mean, it it kind of screams a little OJ Howardy to me. A guy who maybe his time in Miami is is obviously coming to an end because his plays dwindling like come here and revitalize your career be the 700 plus six touchdown guy that you used to be as a secondary tight end option um i still think there's there's a lot of value in mike Kosicki despite his poor numbers last year um plus and i know terry's gonna like this one terry pagula that is another penn state guy you got Bates. oh okay you added mcgovern now you add Gasicki. That's a that's a Penn State Bermuda Triangle to me. That uh, yes, I like I like that idea. If that's going to get the owner on board, then do what it takes. Because I would love for Gasicki to be to be a Bill. That would just be, whew, that would just be a dream. Would I get a jersey immediately? 
Hmm. Good question. Possibly. Possibly. Definitely a thought. Now, Matt. Would you get a Quentin Morris jersey? No. But Matt, I had the same mindset that you did towards getting weapons. I also had the same mindset that you did even towards tight ends. But I wasn't so pie in the sky. I'm looking at an Irv Smith. Oh, okay. Really liked Irv Smith coming out of college. I love a freakishly athletic tight end. Just like a little rawness to him. But I, I like a little rawness. I like a little trouble. I like a little spice in my coffee. Um, so I wouldn't hate if Irv Smith, you know, was trying to revitalize his career in an offense where people commonly become the best versions of themselves. So I like the idea of, of an Irv Smith. And I also think that he's kind of the number two, like he's fit for a number two role. Maybe the number one was a little bit too you know, outside of their own possibility for him and his skill set. But right. man, being in the number two, like he could really thrive and let that happen. And is he finally going to be the fit that we bring in? Like we think OJ Howard would have been into, into that role. Is there Smith, the one who finally impresses enough to say, yes, we can't, we can't be without him. We can't be without this complimentary piece to the likes of Dawson Knox. I think, yes, get him in here. Yeah. Get I that like some bitch I mean, in here. He- Injury plagued, but to this point in his career, mm-hmm. um, didn't really produce. But he's the number two, so he'll be saved. Around twenty catches saying. or so, and when Hawkinson got traded for and became the tight end one, or Smith kind of fell by the wayside in Minnesota there. So, yeah, a super athletic guy. I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, why not? Come here and see if you can do something. Get him on the cheap, um, and then he'll end up on the cheap. becoming amazing. I hope so. That's that's the goal. My second pick, Tony, for offense. I mentioned it earlier, getting competition in here for Spencer Brown. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who maybe has underperformed in his career. Definitely has been injury riddled his whole career. He's only played an average of eight games per season. And I think you can get him on the cheap as just a depth swing tackle kind of guy because he is athletic. Uh, I'm going to go with Isaiah Wynn, offensive tackle, age 27. I, I just think he's he's a solid depth guy that you can get on the cheap. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And, you know, he's no one to sneeze at. Like, he's good. He's, he has a good reputation. So I do think that, that would, that's kind of what I'm looking for in those pieces to be on the offensive line. Because I think Isaiah Wynn is – I think Isaiah Wynn is above the likes of, like, um, you know, Greg Mance, the Greg Mance style of people coming in here. Yeah, to be just like one in a million or not one in a million, like one of a million. Right. You know, you're coming from the New England Patriots who typically mm-hmm. have a good offensive line, well coached. I just think he's for a guy who's been injury riddled. He only played eight games in his rookie season. He he played, I think, seven, eight games last season as well. I think you can get him on the cheap. Just, you know, two to four million dollar depth swing tackle who can, you know, come in and and play starter starter mm-hmm. snaps in a in a pinch. I, I think that's versatile mask out of versatile. Yeah. Um you that's know that's what we value. Twenty eight year twenty years old. Get some value out of that. So Isaiah Wynn is would be my pick for uh some depth offensive line help here. Uh Tony, your second okay. and final pick. So this is my second pick. Really I wanted this to be my first pick, but I felt that you chose a tight end, so then I wanted to choose a tight end to put my guy out there. But really, this is who I want most of all. And my second pick originally was going to be a quarterback situation so that I can try and underscore my prediction 
that the backup that Josh would be backed up by someone else from his draft class. And but now Kyle yes. Allen is coming in, which yeah, as you yes. know, a couple of Allens and their best friends. Um, yeah. So I was close, is what I'm saying. And <laughs> but here's who I want. This this is like really this is really who I want. I would really be excited. I would be buying the jersey instantly. I loved him coming out of the draft. I was like really high on him coming out of the draft. Uh, his availability is exciting to me, and he's everything you want Gabe Davis to be, and he's everything Gabe Davis already is. We got to get DJ Chark in here. The guy's a freak. It's so crazy what his body does for his size and speed. Let's get DJ Chark in a Bills uniform, and that would just take care of what we wish the offense could be and where we, where we see the offense uh, lacking in terms of the pass game the aerial game, DJ Chark will take care of that. Yeah, he's definitely has speed to burn. Um, kind of found his footing late in the season with Detroit last year. And look what happened. I just the think, whole offense I just found think, their footing. Yeah, I just think the I think he's going to be too much money. Plus, no, the cap is a myth. Kids day, kids day would be super lit. That kids preseason game with <laughs> DJ Shark and Baby Shark, and you could just you could play off that so many ways. Absolutely. See, everyone wins. Every department wins when you sign DJ Chark. <laughs> yeah, I, I worry about the price tag. That oh. that's all I'm saying. But how much is too much for a guy, you with him? I mean, Spotrac has his market value at nine point five. Do you think that'd be too much? How much was uh, Emmanuel Sanders? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. That's a good question. Well, yeah, I mean, don't you think it was something like that? It was it. It didn't seem like that high at the time. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it seemed like six probably, but. He just hasn't been consistent. In Jacksonville, he had seasons of 73 catches. He's also had seasons of seven catches in four games, 30 catches last year in 11 games. So just inconsistency, but he does have speed. He, he can be productive. Uh, Second-round pick in 2018. Uh, DJ Shark would be definitely be a, a burner. And if you're looking to add speed, which I think is like the Kansas City model of Getting receivers, Sky Moore, Kadarius, Tony, McCall mm-hmm. Hardman, Belda Scantling. It's just guys aren't good, but they're just fast as all F. But DJ then Shark is DJ good Shark, and fast as all DJ F. DJ Shark's a good fit. Yes, good fit. So, uh, Tony, what do you say we wrap up the episode, though? Yeah, wrap it up. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. Let's wrap it up. Thank you, of course, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Buy local, support local, shop local, travelinggrowler.com. T-shirt store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Buy our stuff. Support the podcast, all colors, all designs, all sizes. Uh, Get a piece of apparel from the way not funny podcast store you can find the podcast wherever you're fine podcasts or listen to for free itunes spotify as always on the built-in buffalo podcast network if you like us subscribe leave us a review show us some love we always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time we greatly appreciate it and we truly do mean that twitter handles you're not on twitter so i don't even know if you should give a handle <laughs> you can leave me a message for when i go back all right <laughs> leave him a message for when he gets back on on the twitter twitter sphere yeah you can find the podcast at witty sports 716 give us a follow we'll follow right back 
We love connecting with the Bills Mafia, Saber Sports people, Buffalo sports community out there. So hit that follow button at Witty Sports 716, Twitter, Instagram, Witty Off Funny Sports on Facebook and TikTok. Uh, send off for the listeners, Tony. Uh, enjoy Ted Lasso. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. We'll circle back when the world has seen it. Yes, we will. We'll have to. Uh, enjoy Ted Lasso. Believe. Believe. Yeah. Believe and believe. That's right. And as we always say, go Bills and stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.